Luke. Luke. Yeah. You need to stop this now. <laughs> Luke, we have what? a podcast to record. Luke, what are you doing? I don't know anymore. <laughs> is, I, is, is it still buzzing? Because, I mean, I don't even hear anything on my end of whatever you're talking about, so... Yes, every time you speak, there's a buzz underneath it. Oh, how exciting. <sighs> it's actually louder now. <laughs> Even Whoa. louder now. You're doing this on purpose, aren't you? Are you sitting in a Jacob's Ladder? <laughs> Are you a Jacob's Ladder? Scott? Okay. Is this working any better? It's the same. Sure. We're going to go with it's a fine. Otherwise, we'll be here all night. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <sighs> I don't know what to tell you. It's the same, same headset I always use, and I don't hear it on my end, so. It's probably a router issue. It doesn't sound like a helicopter, though. Are you swinging from playing high power lines? <laughs> and it doesn't sound like a, a radio station. Yeah, so you're already two steps ahead of Fort Max. <laughs> I still don't at all comprehend how that happened. That was weird. And it happened twice. <laughs> On separate days. How did Fort Max get replaced by random radio broadcasts? And why can't I sound like a Cylon? At least that's cool. Are you, yeah, you're not on Mac? the back. All right. Windows can't do that. The secret is, is that I've always been on Windows. I make those noises myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I take it it is still... I like the weeks when you plug in the synthesizer and just play that in the pattern of you talking. <laughs> so I take it I'm still buzzing. Yeah, every time you talk anyway. Some bitch. Well, you know, talking is kind of the point, so that's kind of... Uh... Not necessarily. There's been whole like stretches of weeks where Fort Max doesn't say a word. I mean, I guess I could put myself on mute again. <laughs> <laughs> well no it doesn't buzz when you're not talking so that's not really going to accomplish much well yeah but then I could talk and it won't buzz at all <laughs> my logic is flawless your flaw is logicless it's logic ah uh, damn the natural counterpoint <clears throat> Going to start destroying wreck or what? I grow weary of this. Anytime you want to start fucking the chicken, go right ahead. Let's see. Can Look, you what still are you doing now? Oh, it got worse. Actually, no. It stopped buzzing. What did you do? Oh, I 
took off the headset. <laughs> the buzzing's coming from inside your head. So what are you... Well, wait, if you took off the headset, what are you talking into? The, the microphone on the laptop? Okay, so then there's probably some wiring problem with your headset. Which sucks, because it's a new headset. Well, newish. Ah, so you're our paladin this week, then. <laughs> no, no, the headset would completely have stopped working if he was our paladin. Well, no, they all eventually stop working when it's paladin, but there are varying stages of hilarious malfunction in the meantime. <laughs> I swear, Paladin must have gone through a dozen headsets. It was great. Inexplicable, but great. The best one was the one that didn't even last a week. I think it broke during his first night using it, yes. Now, now the question, though, is are you picking up yourselves on the... Because... <laughs> no. Okay. No. Well, great. Your computer's doing all the heavy lifting. I guess... I mean, couldn't you just use the um, the earphone part of your headset and not its microphone? Conceivably, yes, and I would. But, but we but... found something that's working right now, so why change it? Because OCD. <laughs> I hate this podcast so much. Podcasts, The Final Frontier. These are the Star Trek episodes of the podcast Superhero Time. Our continuing mission? Explore old episodes of Star Trek, alienate even more listeners, and boldly plow your mom where no one has come before. Superhero Time presents that one episode of Star Trek. With Chris. Okay, but like, if you're an asshole in the woods and nobody's there to appreciate it, did you troll? Hey, Mickey. Grandma's moving asshole. Scott. I get that reference. And Fort Max. He remembered that hole. This week on that one episode of Star Trek, um... Headsets or something. I don't know. It's Columbus Day. Do you think we can get Buzz to change his name to Shitlord Taco? (laughs) That's a good idea. (laughs) That's that Shitlord Taco on Twitter and Instagram. (laughs) I'm I'm mad though. He changed his uh, Twitter icon away from the little bust art, and now he's just like a sprite. He's Ness. That's not as good as a bus. No. Oh, I I thought you meant he changed it to Sprite as in the drink for a sec. Maybe he will now that I just, you know, called it a Sprite. <laughs> Who likes Sprite anyway? Nobody. <laughs> it's not a thing. Although, my high school band director loved him some Diet Sprite. Diet Sprite? I know. Oh, Lord. Was he a molester? Sounds like a molester. Not that I know of. He drank Diet Sprite. I mean, that's not normal. That shows a damaged psyche. Drinking Diet Sprite's almost as bad as drinking 7-Up. <laughs> I mean, he was a high school band director. 
Fort Max raises a very valid point. Points. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, for some reason or another, we're joined by Luke again this week. I don't know what bad thing he did to be burdened with us this, again. This Perhaps week, the part of Scott is being played by Luke. Well, for now, Scott might show up at some point, but we're not hopeful. When he's done barbecuing. Now, whether that means we're not hopeful that he will show up or we're hopeful that he won't show up, I'm not exactly sure. We'll determine that as we go along. But Luke's here. Hello, Luke. Yeah, I'm... I'm... Mostly here in spirit, I think. So I assume, uh, Luke, you wanted to come back to actually try to get in most of your dialogue that you spent muted last time. Yeah, okay, let me recap last episode again. (laughs) Previously, on Superhero Time. (laughs) And then I'll just put 45 minutes of silence here. (laughs) Now you could just put that on fast forward. Yep. And now the conclusion. (laughs) (laughs) yeah scott has some nebulous um work to do but we suspect it is really just a barbecue well that's gonna cut out some of my shots for the toast drinking game the drinking game is you drink while we're recording non-stop (laughs) yeah i'm great at this game (laughs) <laughs> it's not so much a game as a coping mechanism. It's so much a coping mechanism as an illness. <laughs> I think Lord Taco had you has you beat though. Well, he's a professional. He's here to work. Okay, so it's Columbus Day, so let's talk about some engines. Oh, engine number one. Went the race speedor. <laughs> So we were thinking about doing a Chakotay episode last week, but that was XB's because idea. we lost uh, our damn minds. <laughs> what? I even like went to the trouble of watching that episode the same night I suggested it, and I just was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> I'm gonna pretend I knew it was a bad idea. I just want XP to watch it to screen it to punish him for suggesting it. You didn't tell me to screen it. I did it of my own volition. I know you would, though. Well, the joke could have been on you. I could have watched it beforehand, except I think I said during the show last week that I hadn't. Yep. Damn. (laughs) So, it's Journey's End. Where we end Wesley's journey. Until Nemesis, but that doesn't count. Oh, it so doesn't count. Nemesis is super canon. It's canon that overrides everything else. Well, you're not wrong. It is the G-Savior of Star Trek. It's the G-String of Star Trek. (laughs) (laughs) It's classless and embarrassing. Well, it makes sense since it's written like fan fiction. Does that, yes. mean that, does that mean that fan fiction is all G-strings? Now, I can imagine Picard in a G-string because, you know, his his nighttime robe is already halfway there. <laughs> well, yeah, and think about how tight those uh, short shorts he wears are. Like, if he was wearing just regular underwear, you'd see the lines. Yeah. I mean, you can't have that. 
the fun part is that you can just see Patrick Stewart going back to wardrobe and going, yeah, I'll wear that. <laughs> he probably had to Ry- talk them into it. Riker is totally a bikini briefs kind of guy. <laughs> Data would be one of those old timey swimsuits. no actually i want data swimsuit to just be like a giant ziploc bag (laughs) for waterproofing i imagine Worf be like the skull of a tar just crammed onto his genitals (laughs) oh no Worf would say that it's not honorable to wear bathing uh attire Bathing attire or underwear? What are we talking about here? (laughs) Yeah, either one. It's pretty much the same thing. Of course, Crusher will wear whatever her dead grandmother wore. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, you know, her wardrobe must have just swelled up when her grandmother died. I think lots of things swelled up when her grandmother died. Yeah. <laughs> what a terrible episode. <laughs> that episode's amazing. It's my favorite episode. I'm not saying it's not amazing, but man, that is a terrible episode. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, this week we we end the journey of Wesley Crusher in the weirdest way possible while being incredibly oh. culturally insensitive. Oh, so many insensitivities. You know, I just figured out, Scott is pretending he has work commitments, so he doesn't have to be here and summarize the episode. (laughs) He's trying to force this onto somebody else, because he knows I would have made him do that tonight. (laughs) Son of a bitch. I guess it falls to me. Oh, I was going to have Luke do it. Oh, okay, sure. Go ahead. Oh, well, no, you volunteered, so I guess we'll have you do it now. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> you know, it's the Scott rule. The first person who speaks up has to do it. Luke is smart and goes on mute half the time. <laughs> <laughs> now, sometimes, you know, we lose things he actually intends to say that way, but, like, there's a price for anything. All right, let's get this shit shown on the road. We're spinning our gears. Yeah, we've been uh, on here for almost an hour already, and we're just getting the show underway. All right, so... I haven't been on for an hour. Well, no, that's because your Off computer forgot it had a sound card, and you had to reboot three times, and... Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Why you did it take you so long to it. restart your computer anyway? What? Why did it take so long for your computer to restart anyway? Because my computer is, like, two years old, and in computer years, that makes it, like, 40. My computer's, like, five or six years old by now. Okay, and yours is apparently made out of wood and stone. What do you want? You don't have to buy a new Mac every eight years. When it runs out of Maconium. (laughs) Because you can't change the Maconium battery out. But what about when the world supply of Maconium becomes alarmingly low? Well, we'll have to go find a new area, somewhere out in this area. Oh. 
say, around Planet X? Yes. Well, since it's a Mac, that wouldn't it be like Planet I. I Planet? Yeah. No, it'd be like Planet El Capitan or something. <laughs> no, isn't that the planet Kirk climbed? Because it's there. Yeah. Why did Kirk climb the mountain? He had to use his rippling muscles for something. <laughs> so he could fall dramatically? Let's put quotes around fall and dramatically there. <laughs> well, it's it's Shatner. He does everything dramatically. That's and, true. And... What if he failed dramatically? Well, he died dramatically. God, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it, it is only fair if, you know, however he goes, it's just, you know, a literal blaze of glory. Put the toy away. What just happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, you, okay, you okay. enough of this shit, we're doing the episode right fucking now. No more talking, <laughs> ever. <laughs> Oh, wait, wait, wait. If there's no more I'm talking over you till you stop. <laughs> if there's no more wait, talking, how are you going to summarize the episode? Wesley's here. Great. He's talking with Mom. Super. Jordy and Data show up. They tease him. Wesley rolls his fucking eyes like a cunt. <laughs> this episode's off to a great start. And this week become... on Superhero Time, the part of Wesley Crusher will be played by Hey Mickey. <laughs> I'm playing all the parts. Thank you very much. Hi, I'm Jordy. I like to fuck holograms. <laughs> I'm Data. I fuck Tasha Yar. She came from a failed colony. There were rape games. <laughs> she also came. Gross. <laughs> we really have no guarantee that that happened, though. I mean, it could have been a completely okay. failed copulation. Now, Data's fully functional. Yeah, so Wesley's home on vacation from school, and he doesn't look too thrilled to be here. Of course, he was just talking to Jordy and Data making bad jokes, so that's understandable. And, and, and Data and, kind of palled into his joke. And his, and his mom teases him about wanting his own room, and he's like, I'm 20 fucking years old. And then she kisses him on the lips before she leaves. But, uh, well, now we know why he wanted his own room. Wesley, you remind me so much of your father now. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. Hey, did I tell you about what happened when your great-grandmother died? <laughs> <laughs> Have I got something for you to read? <laughs> yeah. The, the thing the thing that struck me most immediately is that Wheaton really needed that beard. Yeah, it really hides the how his chin disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> and I can relate to this. Um, well, chins have a way of disappearing when, like, the whole rest of your face just kind of rounds around them. Rounds around? When your head becomes a circle, it's harder to have a defined chin. Let's so have to artificially grow one. Maybe get a chin implant. 
A chia implant. A chia chin. Otherwise known as a beard. Yep. <laughs> and we've come full circle. Much like Will Wheaton's head. I can't even hear full circle. All right, so after the credits, uh, Picard's getting ready to welcome Admiral Bitch on board. So he's explaining to Riker, like, she's a complete and total cunt. I've got to make her feel welcome here. So he's got all of her favorite treats and tea and, like, the stupidest-looking tea kettle he could buy. <laughs> and it turns out she's actually pretty cool! Like, Picard builds her up to be this complete hard-ass, difficult-to-work-with uh, officer, but, like, Everything she says is pretty reasonable and level-headed. This isn't um, the first time we've seen her, either. It's the first time I've remembered her. I believe she was in Chain of Command and gave away the Enterprise. Oh, uh, well. Well, here... Who'd she uh, give it away to? The Chili Peppers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, everything she's saying. I don't get it. It's a, it's a song thing for music. If you consider <laughs> Pepper's music. Um, but no, she's saying, okay, so there's a planet here. It's full of engines. Uh, we sold the planet to the Cardassians for twenty four dollars for the beads. Um, <coughs> so we need you to get them out before the Cardassians come and murder the shit out of them. And Picard's like, whoa, hold up. That sounds vaguely immoral, like the, the Trail of Tears. And the animal responds, well, sure, but um, if we don't do this, it's going to start a war again, and then lots of people are going to die. These people are small potatoes. We need to save lives here. And she's right. Am I the only one who's siding with the Admiral here in this episode? Because that feels really weird. I mean, I think it's kind of shitty that the whole the whole treaty came down to you were giving away these Federation colonies. Like, could they just not gerrymander the border so that everyone got their own planet? Well, they, they, they mentioned that some of the Cardassian ones are changing over to the Federation, too. So, I mean, it's... Um... Why not just trade? Why not just okay shift things so that <coughs> the Federation gets the Federation planets and Cardassians get the Cardassian planets? I'm gonna assume it's because where these planets are located is not exactly on the border. When the border is redrawn, put some deep into Cardassian space. Like before, before the treaty, the borders were fuzzy. There's lots of overlap here and there. And to draw a straight line of border, one way or the other, you're going to be alienating some colonies on both sides. Says it has, why does it have to be a straight line? Because that's how space works. <laughs> it's flat. To be honest, though, one of the things that, that I actually did really like about this episode is both is both Picard and the Admiral several times are like, yeah, we really hate that we're doing this, but... You know, they like, it, like, yeah, they, you know, the orders come from above them and, you know, they're just like, you know, this is our job. It's, it's shitty, but we're doing it. And hey, if you don't want to do this yourself, I, I'd be happy to take the Enterprise away from you again. Yeah. No, no, that's quite all right. <laughs> I've seen enough lights for one show. 
Uh, but then she thanks him for making her feel welcome and like giving her little tootsie rolls on a stick or whatever the fuck they were. Which Picard got the idea from from her uh, executive assistant. Yeah, he cyberstalked her a little bit. Well, and like the thing that's well, besides that, the thing that stuck out to me was uh, her executive assistant is a full commander, who is obviously in the most fruitful of career paths right now. Hmm. Well, I have to wonder what the heck he did to get there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, actually. He's actually succeeding pretty well if he's a, a commander and all he's got to do is, you know, make sure that the admiral gets fed. I mean, okay, so on the one Card. hand, I can she likes candy. <laughs> on the one hand, I can see where you're coming from from that perspective. At the same time, if you get into Starfleet and rise to commander with the intention of I want to command a ship someday, and they tell you no, you're gonna sit in an office in a starbase and make sure the admiral doesn't die of starvation. That sounds very important. Well, it's the same thing that GoBusters invented a robot to perform. So I'm not exactly sure how <laughs> invaluable this commander actually is to the whole overall operation. I'm just saying that you know I wouldn't mind having someone there to feed me all the time. So I wouldn't have to think about it. Don't you already have two people who could do that? Well, one. Yes, one. Uh. I mean, you are essentially the goldfish of your house, aren't you? I do poop everywhere. <laughs> he does have a three-second memory. You poop everywhere, and then you swim through it, yes. I do poop everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering when that was going to happen. <laughs> okay, so, basically, Picard's given the mission, um... You're going to uh, forcefully move these engines off their land. Again. Womp, womp. Uh, it's okay. They've only been living there for 20 years. It's not that long. Yeah, is that what, if you look at the grand scale of things, it's really not? <laughs> well, how long have you been living in your house, Mickey? Ten years. Okay, so ten years from now, somebody came and told you, you have to move to some other place. I would say, thank fucking God. <laughs> but we're not going to pay for your new home, and we're not going to pay you for this one we're making you get out of. Well, this is a post-scarcity society. Uh, there is no money. Yeah, actually, they are... You know, like, offering them, here's a list of places now, you listen, can go. Now, listen, shut right up, now. both of you. I'm right. <laughs> We're giving you a choice of three whole fucking planets to have. That's fairly generous, I would say. Well, those are just, you know, the first three that were on the list. When they went to, like, the wiki page and put in planets. <laughs> One of them was Earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, Earth has a very similar climate to this colony world you've settled on. We could, we could relocate you there. And then you know Indian chief the, the East Coast. Then Indian chief just kind of looks at him, you know, slack jawed. Do you even understand why we're here? Is slack jawed a racist Indian thing? I don't even know. Not that I know of. Okay. I could have said he looked at him pale faced. Oh snap! <laughs> <laughs> you know, if we, if we want to take it that direction. 
We're going to lose all of our Native American listeners. Listener. Well, actually, it's just one thirty-second of a listener. <laughs> but it, that's cool, though, because I'm one thirty-second of uh, a, a podcaster. <laughs> so I'm saying this is okay. Therefore, I, that that gives me one thirty-second rights over it. This is the worst. okay. So Wesley's a dick. Ah, oh, yeah, so we're in the engineering scene then. Oh, yes. And I went up with like this, I was like, okay, yeah, guy's majorly depressed. Well, okay, so like in the teaser... You can tell that by looking at his wardrobe. Well, okay, so like in the teaser, when it ends from that long shot of him sitting on the end of his bed all alone, just kind of staring out into, um, well, space, but not literally space, because otherwise he'd be looking out the window... I mean, that was kind of the clear indication. Oh, this is the episode about Wesley being completely depressed. Yeah, and also there's a deleted scene right before this where essentially Picard wakes him up by knocking on his door at like 10 in the in the morning. 10 in the afternoon, you were going to say? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where's the deleted scene where we see him like replicating a shotgun in the replicator and like putting it back? <laughs> God. I think you need an access code to replicate anything dangerous. So all he would get is a shotgun with orange barrel caps. <laughs> <laughs> Just shoots darts. Megatron should have an upgrade that changes him to a shotgun. But would it be uh, made entirely out of well, almost entirely out of orange plastic, like that Legends toy. Oh no, no, no! It'd be like wood and steel. Very realistic. Fancy. That'd have to be a platinum release. Now, what would the uh, we need more Chinese wood texture transformers? Be? Um. Well, what's the year of the gun? <laughs> So, Jory's showing off this amazing new thing that he's installed in engineering that's going to make toast or something. Hey, Jory, it sucks. It's terrible. It's old. It's old. It's not going to work. Jordy's old technology. And... I do love that Jordy has the balls to stand up to West and say, you're being a complete dick. Get out of here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. off. Literally Bye. rank on him. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, in one sense seems so out of place, but at the same time, like, Jordy's really protective over his technology. Well, it's the closest thing he has to a girlfriend. It's how uh -huh. he makes it. <laughs> it is his girlfriend in many episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah. So, what? Well, the thing is that the thing is also, I, I kind of, I almost wish that they, you know, that we did have some follow up scene of Jordy like looking up the stuff Wesley's talking about and going, "Stop a bit." Rips it all up, throws it in the trash, and goes and cries in the corner. <laughs> go goes goes over to the holodeck and uh, cries. Uh, into the shoulders of his girlfriend. <laughs> no, I think what he would do, he would look it up, find out Wesley was right, and then he would use his security codes to make sure nobody else could ever read that information. 
I, I kind of suspect that he's going to go to the holodeck and like program a nice Wesley to tell him his idea is good. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, now, Wesley. Would you, you be getting Barclay to help? <laughs> no, nobody would ever go to Barclay for help. <laughs> And just to make it even creepier, he would program the holographic Wesley to still look like he was, like, 17. <laughs> no, it'd be current age Wesley, but he'd still be in his season one outfit. Does it have to be the season one outfit? Yes, and still size for 14-year-old Wesley, <laughs> but just stretched over adult Wesley's body. Oh, so so not the ugly sweater? No, no, it is ugly sweater, yes. Oh, okay, okay. All right, so the Enterprise arrives at Planet Engine, and Picard, and he takes Troy down with him to go have a powwow (laughs) with with the engine leaders. (laughs) And as silly as I'm being, I actually kind of like this scene, because here's Picard obviously coming in being the bad guy, trying very hard to not to be the bad guy here Mm -hmm. and the and completely failing the Indian chief um, he also sees that Picard is trying to not be the bad guy and be reasonable and he's equally trying to be reasonable about everything like they're both being perfectly level headed about while having different (laughs) opinions which typically in Star Trek whenever you're trying to fuck with colonists they break out the shotguns, say, fuck you, get off our planet. <laughs> uh, these dudes are pretty cool about it. They're like saying, we hear you, but we don't want to do this. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which yeah. is super Star Trek, and I like that. I also think it gives some like, backstory to why this is even a thing in the first place. So, like, their ancestors 200 years ago were seeing that, well, Earth is changing a whole lot, especially given that whole you know first contact thing we're going to probably lose our cultural identity before too long. Maybe we should kind of set out and try to preserve who and what we are. Mm. Which, I mean, A, that makes a lot of sense just on its own, and B, it kind of lends some some needed support to, well, why does this planet Indian look like, you know, primitive Indian village? Well, they're doing that on purpose because it's their you know, cultural identity that they're trying to keep going for future generations. Yeah. The, the problem is that by extension, that also excuses space Irish. Theoretically, yes. Nothing excuses the Irish. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess... I think incredibly racist this episode. I Well, <laughs> Scott's not here, so... Gotta fill that void. Um... No, theoretically, the uh, space Irish thing could be an extension of the same concept. Uh, you know, you had the uh, you had the one culture that wanted to go and live as clones, and you had the other one that wanted to go and live as uh, you know space Irish potato people. So, I mean, it's not really that different from the space Indians. Well, you know, they say they wanted to go out there and live as space Irish, but I bet really they were just kicked out. But uh, so, in the conversation, uh, the chief 
basically says, we can't just leave here because this planet is more than just a, a chunk of rock. It's spiritual to us. It means something on you know a religious sense. And Picard's like, well, shit. I know what that means. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to win this argument. Picard's like, so you've got to move. And the chief is like, okay, alternate suggestion. How about we don't? <laughs> <laughs> and this is, when, uh, this is when they make the generous offer of, well, here's three other planets you can choose from that are like identical to this one. Including Earth. Let's make a deal. <laughs> and then the chief gets up and, you know, stares wistfully out the window and is like, but it's more than just the geological features. This planet spoke to me. And quite rightly, one of his, uh, you know, other counselors there is like, uh, you know, dude's laughing at you. Uh, yeah. Well... <laughs> well... Uh, unlike unlike in other Star Trek episodes, when he says the planet is speaking to him, it doesn't end up being some, you know, <laughs> or living yeah. idol or something. Yeah, if this was an original series episode, A, it would be so much worse um, in terms of racism. And yes, it would literally be that there would be a mountain that's talking to him. I want to see that now. <laughs> I love me some good '60s racism. I mean, what? Yeah, I do love that. Like, you know, the the one Indian guy's like, "Yeah, you sound like a complete maniac right now. This is not helping our case." <laughs> and Troy's like, "You know what? We're not getting anywhere. Let's take a break. Let's visit this tomorrow if we think about it some." But we're holding a dinner party on the Enterprise night. You should beam all of your people up and join us. We promise we're not going to steal you away when you do. Maybe pack an overnight bag. Maybe you'll get tired. <laughs> Bring your toothbrush. Bring your kids. <laughs> but yeah, uh, for Picard showing up to be the bad guy to kick the Indians off their land, I mean, this scene is very civil. Yeah. Um, the level-headedness in this episode is a high point of it for me. Um, and then the Cardassians show up. Well, yes. <laughs> uh, but speaking of unlevel-headedness, let's cut to Wesley cussing out his mom. So apparently Wesley, who is a full-grown adult, is finally going through puberty, and is getting that teenager angst going on. I never wanted to be your son. <laughs> Leave me alone, Mom. Yeah. And Crush is just, just like, um, you're being a dick? Quit. She has no clue how to handle this. Well, maybe she didn't like, keep disappearing from his life every so often. <laughs> I, I seriously ended up wondering how much of uh, of the performance here was just you know, Will Wheaton actually being sick of being Wesley Crusher. <laughs> Just like, I don't want to be this anymore. Like, like, well, he's, he was pretty open about how burned out he was of it. So it's, uh, like, like, I seriously wonder how much of it is just him going, you mean I can be, just be a raging asshole. Okay. <laughs> I don't even have to act. Uh, 
All right, so uh, the dinner party. So it's another fabulous affair in Ten Forward. Um, there, because if you're gonna invite any to your ship, you want to take them to the bar. Yeah, Guinan replicates lots of fire water off screen. Where's the peace uh, pipe though? There's, there's, there's no, there's no Whoopi Goldberg cameo of her going. What the hell are you guys doing? What are you filming? <laughs> I'm not here for this shit. I'm going to go do something else. <laughs> and she just walks off set and out the doors. <laughs> I've got sister act. <laughs> I couldn't remember what year which one was. I made a sequel to Sister Act. <laughs> Back in the habit. <laughs> I think the movie was just made because of that subtitle. <laughs> okay, so Picard and the Chief, um, they're getting to know each other better and talking about their families and shit. You know, bonding before they have to betray each other. Because, you know, family heritage is very important to these people. And Picard... uh, here's something one of your ancestors did. No, that's later. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Picard, tell me about your family. Yeah, go back, say, seven, eight hundred years. You know all that off the top of your head, right? Tell me about your nephew who's about to burn to death. Oh. Well, his brother and his uh, sister-in-law burned to death, too, so, like... Well, Picard's die by fire. Well, you know, time is the fire in which we burn. What? Chlamydia is the fire in which Riker burns. Yeah. (laughs) So he's got to swing his leg over the chairs, air that out a little bit. <laughs> but it cracks open the sores. Ooh, that's got to be uncomfortable. Alright, so uh, Wesley wanders into the bar, I assume to comfort his depression with alcohol. And he's confronted by a surprise Indian party. <laughs> Not a sex act. <laughs> yet. Because then he's spotted by uh, an older Indian man who totally starts grooming him immediately. It's creepy. Who we've never seen before. Dun, dun, dun. And who knows his name? Dun, dun, dun. Wesley doesn't seem as creeped out as he should by this random Indian dude just knowing who he is. I think Wesley is used to random old dudes trying to pick him up. And he's just gotten tired of saying, look, I'm not gay. Did you not see me make out with Ashley Judd? <laughs> so, uh, creepy guy just basically just continues to hit on him and tell Wesley he's the chosen one. And I've got the answers you seek. Come to the planet and wash your teeth before you come. Did you say wash your teeth? I said brush your teeth. Oh, okay. Alright, so, um... Crusher goes to Bakari after the party to whine about how Wesley's a dick. Because, again, she has no idea how to deal with this. So what she's been doing this whole time, she's been calling um, the superintendent of the academy to, you know, get all the dirt on him. Wesley's been misbehaving at school. And how fast does the gossip move on this ship? 
I mean, <laughs> Wesley, Wesley bitches at Jordy, and like two hours later, friggin' Picard knows. Okay, like, but he has like, nothing better to do. Luke, what you're not taking into account here is that as soon as Jordy yelled at Wesley and made him leave engineering, Jordy was going around to the entire senior staff and telling them what happened. No, he called a meeting in the conference room. The same difference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He pulled up security footage. It's not that there's. It's not that yelled at me. Yeah, it's not that there's a like active gossip market on the Enterprise. Jordy just went and directly told everybody how mean Wesley was to him. But he phrased it engineering terms like, "Look here, you can see right here, this reactor is about to blow unless we stop it. We got to cool this shit down." And, you know, the one interaction Wesley doesn't ever have in this episode that actually could have been really useful is uh, talking to Troy. Like, the well, one person whose job it is to help him with this kind of thing. Troy's schedule is full handling Barkley. <laughs> <laughs> That's what well, she spends most of her time on since season five. Okay, but let's look at it another way, too. Like, Beverly's going to Picard about this, because she doesn't know what else to do. And there's Scott, I guess I'll add him so he can you know, awkwardly join the call. Um, well, Picard is Wesley's second dad, after I, he killed the first one. <laughs> beat me to it um <laughs> no but the point is like beverly doesn't know what to do with this to the point where she's bypassing where she goes to the person who hates kids well and she's bypassing advice. she's bypassing the ship's live-in therapist you know that's troy could have probably helped the situation somewhat see but they couldn't have anyone helping the situation. Whereas, that would get in whereas, the way of the plot. Whereas Picard's brilliant advice to Beverly in this matter is um, he's a man, he has to deal with this shit on his own. Yeah, boys will be boys. Pretty much. Yeah, but what's Wesley, though? Hi, Scott. <laughs> How was the barbecue? <laughs> There's what no the fucking fuck, barbecue. man? I know, right? That job is really getting in the way of my podcasting. Do you know how many times Luke got disconnected because you weren't here? Ugh, so many disconnections. His sound card stopped working, he had to restart his computer. It is all your fault, Scott. He actually had to unplug his headset to talk to us. Yeah. yeah. What do you think I was doing at work? I was hacking all your megabytes. I was making all this happen. Megabits. <laughs> You're just as bad as Wesley, you prick. You know, I'd almost believe it, except my computer doesn't need the help to be a dick. It's full of dicks already. <laughs> Shut yeah, up, well, you! That's, that's, <laughs> that's that special folder hidden under, like, recipes or something. Recipes. Yes. Okay, uh, so, it's caught uh, up. Um, mm-hmm. Wesley's a dick. Yeah, Wesley's oh. a dick, and he's, uh, he's followed his... Uh, bar uh, groomer to the planet to where he can get uh, laid, basically. His uh, what? His bar groomer? Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the groomer that he met at the bar. Who was totally grooming him for sex. Did, did, did you miss that Wesley got picked up in the bar? No, I, I did see that. Yeah, I saw the come young little man, I will show you the ways of manhood. Yes, that's I, the one. Yeah, okay, so I I remember this episode of Different Strokes. <laughs> I I remember it from my Boy Scout days. 
I'm Rivet with lots of strokes. <laughs> Were they different? different? Sometimes. Sometimes they're left-handed strokes. <laughs> well, you know, different strokes. It takes different strokes to move the world. It's like an entirely different Wesley that was there. <laughs> a completely failed Wesley. <laughs> <laughs> this whole episode's about a completely failed Wesley. Yeah. There were no more acting gigs. <laughs> That's not true. He played a homeless dude on an episode of CSI once. Well, so did Willem. I say to no one who's ever seen what I'm talking about, never mind. Nope. Okay, so Wesley goes down to the planet to follow the creepy Indian guy who's clearly trying to have sex with him. Uh, Indian guy says, uh, so what do you think is sacred? And Wesley's like, ah, I don't know. Uh, your silly little necklace. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, Just so, like, first he asks Wesley what's sacred to him, and Wesley's like, nothing? Yeah, I'm, I'm like, from the 24th century, I don't believe in bullshit like that. I come from, like, a 99.9% .9 atheist society. Right. We can't measure sacredness in the in the lab, so I really can't help you here. Okay, what do you think That's is sacred? The 24th century, they haven't figured out a way to, way to measure sacredness yet. No. There's not a metric system for sacred. I'm sure somebody's invented, like, a differential sacredometer or something like that. Um, there's going to be, like, desa-sacreds and, like, oh, you know, I'm pretty sacreds. Sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's a tricorder setting, you know? Right. <laughs> Sacred readings are the charts. Yeah, they didn't have that in Voyager because it never would have gone off around Chakotay. Whoa. Also, so I... One thing I do like about Wesley is he's standing in his little cute little uniform. Uh, he's got the three bars. Does that means like he's a third year cadet. Is that what the little well? No, okay, he's yeah, he, he's, he's well, he's fourth year in the academy, but that's because he got uh, held back a year because he was he was off like being manhandled by the by the groundskeeper. He was off what? murdering his friends and little starfighters. Oh, that's right. <laughs> no, no, he, no. He was just he was just complicit in covering it up. There's a difference. It was Tom Paris that murdered the friend in the Starfighter. No, it wasn't. It wasn't Tom Paris at all. <laughs> if it was, there'd be royalties. <laughs> but yeah, Wesley got held back a year, so he's a fourth-year cadet, but he's only got credits as, you know, third-year classes. Which is really kind of sad, because he's 26 now, so... <laughs> 26. Time dilation's a bitch. Yep. <laughs> Alright, so Indian Dude says, okay, everything here is sacred. And Wesley, you are sacred. <sighs> Creepy. So Every part of your body is sacred. Your hair, your nose, your your anus. All of your hair. Your smooth shorn scrotum. All very sacred. Wait, how did you know I <laughs> Well yes, first thing he asks is like how long you've been watching me? And he's like, for years. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know what a Shonic Sour was until I started stalking you. So after he t tells Wesley that he's sacred and amazing and beautiful, he says, you want to come up to my place? And Wesley's like, yeah. <laughs> the bad thing about all of this is you are not wrong on any of it. <laughs> yeah, when, they finally, ever wrong. when they finally get up to the Habak, Wesley actually looks kind of disappointed. Like, There's not even a mattress here. <laughs> We, we are your poppers. Up. I can't do this without poppers. 
Although I'm really happy that John Larroquette dyed his hair black for this, for this <laughs> character. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not the only one who thought that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's good to see him acting, you know. See, John oh, Kent was an actor, and okay, go on. <laughs> he died before you were ever born, Fort Max. <laughs> did Did John Kent die? No, he's awesome. Oh, that's he's still alive. Yes. Oh, that's good. Okay, so as we'll see, I used to love Night Court. Aid. Um, we're gonna restart the boardroom meeting between Picard and the Engine Chief. <clears throat> um, okay. Now, we're, now, when we left off, were you saying you were going to stay, or were we saying you had to go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the guy's like, how about this? Here's the plan. <laughs> I give you the finger, and then you can suck my dick. Duck, she's grabbing fire! Okay, so this is where uh, the Indian guy uh, like disrupts a bombshell of Picard, like, oh, by the way, <laughs> your ancestors murdered mine, you white devil, you. You've got blood on your soul. For yeah, 21 sorry, generations. Yeah, this is such a, like, shitty, manipulative, emotional fucking trick to pull. That's right, Picard. You deal with that white guilt. That, that, is, fault. that is literally what it is. They're literally making him feel white guilt. It's like, and Picard even says, like, I don't really see how that's really relevant. That happened like seven hundred <laughs> years ago. And he's like, no, 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 it's totally relevant. It's totally white relevant. Guilt. So, and Picard's like, I'm French. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> you're not. <laughs> you're really, yeah. really not. Pish posh. He's from France. They make so... wine. If you could just go ahead and beam down some gold-pressed lathanum for reparations, that'd be great. Thanks. <laughs> also, have you seen the casino? I'm glad I'm not the only one being racist in this episode. Yeah, yeah I mean, up until ten minutes ago, you were. Yeah, but now I've got Scott here, so. Yeah, and There's gonna be a... nobody here is as racist as Scott. Yeah, that is probably It'll true. Be my negativity sponge, <laughs> and I'll get away scot free. We were scot free <laughs> for like an hour. <laughs> uh, just one calorie. I prefer scot zero. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I I do find now uh, having you know the two experiences to compare. I also prefer zero scot. <laughs> Well, you knew Scott Zero. You knew me in high school. So, so. do I. So do I. And it got even, got uncomfortably racist the second he came in here. <laughs> well, he started coming going, hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? I'll tell you what. I like Scott Zero more than I like Diet Sprite. Whoa. That's a and you've done shape. unspeakable what, things what, to Diet Sprite. Now, what what about caffeine-free Diet Scott? <laughs> Nobody nobody wants, nobody wants caffeine free <laughs> Scott, trust me. <laughs> Just makes everyone angry. <laughs> yes. And a splitting headache right behind your eyeballs. But you can ask Scott's wife about diet Scott. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's very true. I said Scott needs to go on a diet Scott. <laughs> well, does she well she keeps feeding you stuff, doesn't she? I, Yes, I know, right? 
I guess you've been a pastry chef. Let's not yeah. forget this. Yeah, I'm fuck. I mean, <laughs> I'm dying of diabetes. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's in my fate. It has been foretold. We're all dying of radiation poisoning first. <laughs> yes. All right, so... Uh... Oh, where were we? We got lost track yeah, here. We, huh? we, were, we were talking about how Picard is an English guy from France with a Spanish ancestor. Right, yes. <laughs> I think, okay, so like, over the course of 700 years, I think that's kind of credible. Uh, it's so, possible. But uh, Picard's family has always seemed particularly focused on we're making fucking wine and nothing else. Well, for the, like, three generations of his family that we're aware of directly. I always thought it was that way from, like, the time they evolved out of the muck. They immediately <laughs> make wine in France. Okay, there. look at it from another perspective. Like, at some point, Picard's Spanish family decided to move to France. And at that point, perhaps those people became such French weaves that they just, like, completely uh, <laughs> buried that part of their history pre-France. Weeb spell, weeb spell O-U-I. We. <laughs> yes, that's, that is what I was going for. Fantastic. That's why, that's why I said French weebs, because that implies the French spelling of weeb. Um, it does. <laughs> Like, no, just, at, ever said. just at some point, <laughs> the, you know, now French aggressive Picards decide, okay, we're French. We've always been French. There's nothing Frenchier than us Picards. Let's make some wine. And the only thing they've really ended up being weak to is fire. <laughs> <laughs> and then they the French fries. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> They're dead. <laughs> His whole family is dead, and he couldn't be bothered to reproduce. His bloodline ends with him. I'm sure it's because of an ancient Indian curse. <laughs> Come on, it's a fire in the 24th century on a on a wine farm, really, on a vineyard, really. That's how oh, they no. died. Well, it was either an ancient, I it was either an ancient of... Indian curse, or it was Q. <laughs> I understand there's a lot of fire in the vineyards right now, Scott. Uh, yeah, if you're in Napa yeah. Valley, we're going to have... Like auto parts, right? <laughs> yeah, they grow them on vines. They're very artisanal. So after oh, this, will be the ghost Napa Valley? Uh. Uh, this, <laughs> this, this is a fine vintage of Honda Carburetor, 2007. <laughs> you have to let the crush on the parts of your bare feet. <laughs> Hey, Vegeta! <laughs> okay. All right. Montague. So around this point, the Cardassians finally show up. Oh, yes. thank God. Yeah, they're skulking about the Indian base. Like, you can probably hear, like, you know, the music. Do, 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 we're telling what buildings are being left behind. Uh, how would these buildings not get left behind? Well, yeah, the um, is, well, it, the the complete statement is we want to survey the buildings and equipment that will be left behind. So, like, the left behind part is functionally just for whatever equipment might be left there. Yeah. Think the so, building being left behind right is behind implied. Them, some people taking it, like, yes, put the sex sauna right here. Around. <laughs> well, I was thinking, I mean, she's. <laughs> so I noticed that he has uh, 
Oh, the baby. Okay, I, uh, I am finding wondering how the heck a Cardassian sex sauna would end up being. Oh, I can tell you what that would end up being because they've actually shown something similar to that in Deep Space oh. Nine. It would <laughs> it would be a big flat rock with a heat lamp over it. Yep. So that's literally what it would be. So he's on the bridge of the Enterprise right now because, like, apparently a Cardassian ship just showed up above the planet. Right. Down Cardassians, and at no point was anybody like, hey, Picard. (laughs) (laughs) And and Worf's not even there to say raise shield, so they're just totally fucked. Worf, by this point, has given up trying because he just knows he'll be shot down. No, no. Is it I, Troy you know, up there on the bridge eating pudding or something? Troy by herself. <laughs> yeah, wait. At any point, what if he was, uh, sir, I suggest we not raise shields. Oh, for God's sake, raise shields then. <laughs> no, because that's when people would start agreeing with him. <laughs> so I noticed that Troy is down there with him. Yeah. And I can, I can only imagine all the tension she's picking up to having the Cardassians in there. Plus the, the teepees and the wigwams. Everyone's just too tense. God damn it, Scott. <laughs> TP for your wigwam. I hung up on him. <laughs> it was so worth it. I regret nothing. <laughs> All right, we're moving right past this shit immediately. Scott so... left again. I didn't hang up on him this time. <laughs> oh come on, man! That wasn't I just, me. I did not I just, do that. I just came up with that. I literally just came up with that. Just seeing the Cardassians and how it Okay, I'm not doing that. So, um... God damn it, Fort Max. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's go to Wesley getting laid. Uh, so, uh, Indian guy takes Wesley up to his apartment, uh, shows him his uh, fine exotic art from the handcrafted from the ri- original people of wherever. Okay, so I actually like part of this, like, legitimately, where he explains when Wesley notices, isn't that doll a Klingon? Well, yeah, because, I mean, fundamentally, everybody's spirit is the same thing. It doesn't matter what shape your forehead is. Yeah, and Klingons are the same thing as bears or dogs or pigs. Or Ferengi. Yeah. yeah. Worf would love that. They're not actually human. They're just well, animals. Right, in the, same way, in the same way the homosexuality is basically bestiality, you know. Yes. The good kind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God damn it. Let's I not choked, get I, started on that. I the... choked on my mule. <laughs> The bestiality with two backs. I like how he starts throwing grits around on the ground. Okay, let's put some grits on the ground. All right, now we can talk. No, I just like the 24th century extension of the like Native American philosophy. Like, yeah, we're all the same inside. Doesn't matter what we are, what we look like. We're you know, it, we're all just various kinds of spirits. We're all the same thing. The animism. Uh, but I like that it ends up extending out to the alien races. That's like a really cool part of that for me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do like how um, the Native Americans here are portrayed as accepting the future world rather than completely regressing. 
Yeah, they right. accept a future world, but they just want to be left to preserve their culture and not it's be nice homogenized plan. into the Federation. Yeah. But so um, he gives uh, Wesley some meth to smoke <laughs> to loosen him up a little bit. Um, well, Mickey, we found the poppers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mickey knows how this goes. Your mom's taught me a lot. Mm-hmm. They start jalapeno poppers, then she ate them. But she did put fentanyl in them, too. Yeah, well, gotta get that extra kick. So why does the Admiral look like Sherry O'Terry doing a character on Saturday Night Live? <laughs> Speaking of meth, <laughs> she looks like a, a, a truck stop meth head. Okay, yeah, so Picard's here saying, okay, this isn't going so well. Uh, these people really should stay here on the planet. Can you like maybe ask the Federation to reconsider? I already did! Two days ago. Yeah. Bloop! Which one is hilarious because it shuts Picard down like immediately. Mm-hmm. But also it's cool because it shows like, you know, um, she's aware that this is bullshit and she's trying to fight it already. She doesn't oh, need oh. Picard to tell her to be moral. And we forgot one important thing uh, from the original scene with her and Picard earlier in the episode. Um, where Picard's like, well, shouldn't we ask these Indians what they want? Well, we include one of their representatives on the council. <laughs> he was right. voted down. <clears throat> Yeah, and then he was summarily ignored. Yeah. Did they did they said Worf? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Worf just stays down there and goes, I feel you, brothers. <laughs> but that's a good point, though, because it already established the Federation has hurt them <clears throat> and has decided that a war against millions is more important than the 30 of them living on this rock. But how many until it's wrong? How many? Well, the line must be drawn here. This no far, no farther. The needs of the many, yada yada yada. Wrong movie. What would Worf? <laughs> what, what would Worf need with a starship? <laughs> so, All right. So, so the line. Well, uh, shields to be told not to raise. <laughs> All right. So Picard's at a standstill. Meanwhile, Wesley is getting high. Yeah. And imagining his dad. Back in the sweat lodge, this shit is kicking in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Wesley's engaging the spore drive and teleporting (laughs) to a brand new place. Fuck you. (laughs) Although I do like the fact that his dad wears the uh, motion picture uniform. That's cool. It gives you like an idea like when they switch over to TNG. No, he's not. That sash isn't nearly big enough. He's wearing the Stargazer uniform, which does away with the turtleneck underneath. Oh! Which I have to imagine just makes it like 100% itchier. And it gets rid of the belt. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. They probably just didn't have those props in the costume anymore. (laughs) Uh, They would have because uh, Jack Crusher appeared in this uniform variant as early as, I want to say, 91. That would have been right around or right after when they finished filming Undiscovered Country. Mm. Hey, Mickey, um, does 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 Crusher's does Will's dad give you daddy issues? No, he does not. So, okay, just, just wondering. He's got a face like 
latex skin stretched over a skull. Mm. So Which is appropriate. So Wesley's tripping balls and all he sees is his dad. Like, that's fucked up. Yeah. It's like, I, I, I agree. Yeah. Um, that, some, people, some people see music. He just made us his dead dad. Right. Picard dead did this that to Picard me. killed. Right. You're dead. Picard did this to me. Fades away. He <laughs> <laughs> killed me. Yeah. Wesley doesn't need a vision to tell him that. He already believes it. It's true. Wesley knows all this to be true. When his dad says, don't go into Starfleet, it was like, oh yeah, Starfleet killed you. Starfleet's <laughs> some bullshit. I mean, made my mom hot, but that's weird too. Or was she hot all along? No, not season one. She she got hotter. Yeah. Alright, so uh, Wesley's high wears off and he wanders outside to find uh, Worf and Instant uh, Oh. Anybody got some uh, Doritos? Surreptitiously um, <laughs> scouting about the Indian place, uh, saying, put the transporter beacon over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> put the industrial shovels right near that graveyard. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Just dig them right up. So Wesley's like, uh, what are you doing? And we're uh, like, nothing. We're just preparing to transport these people against their will. We'll probably wait till they're asleep. Yeah. If only had like a hollow ship, that'd make this a lot easier. <laughs> and if Star Trek Insurrection was available on Netflix, we'd be doing that this week instead. <laughs> like, it's okay, we'll give them some blankets. <laughs> they have Targaryen flu. Targ pox. So, uh, Wesley immediately stabs Worf in the back and he's out to the engines. Hey, they're gonna kidnap you! Yeah, Worf's all like, well, we're planning to take these people away by force if we need to. I suggest you don't tell tell them that. (laughs) Wesley immediately tells everyone that. (laughs) Confirming that Wesley is indeed the worst. In this case, is he really? Yes. I mean, okay, so, like, we we cut from this to Picard dressing Wesley down for what he just did, and, like, well, on yeah, the one... Yeah, smash cut to Picard saying, Wesley, you dick. Mm-hmm. On the one hand, you kind of want to, like, side with Wesley for doing, you know, morally the right thing, maybe. At the same time, Picard is correct in every single thing he's saying to Wesley. Mm-hmm. The That's why... Is... The problem is, is, we already know Picard does not believe that Picard is in the right. Picard knows that Wesley is morally correct here. Right. But Picard does not have the power to, to side with Wesley. Right. Yep. And even if Picard wanted to morally side with Wesley, which he does, even if he could do that, he would still have to give Wesley the same lecture because the lecture is about you have to follow orders, you have to not endanger the away team because you right. don't agree with what's going on. Those are the basic premises of being a Starfleet officer, <clears throat> which you are doing a shitty, shitty job of exemplifying right now. Yeah, maybe yeah. don't stab your friends well, in the back, Wesley, you dick. Like, it's okay It's okay to shoot down Worf, but the rest <laughs> of the away team you need to watch out for. Yeah, he's well, a Klingon. He doesn't have a soul anyway. But <laughs> He was down there doing drugs, so, I mean, you know. Yeah, his judgment was a little impaired. 
Yeah, he, oh, he's he's busy tripping the douche fantastic. He doesn't know what's you know, <laughs> the what? <laughs> you know, the farther well, we get, do more drugs. You know these things. The, 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 seriously, poor Max. The farther in we get to this, and the more Luke says, the more I regret the time he spent on mute last time. Because what did we miss? <laughs> tripping the douche fantastic. <laughs> His technicolored asshole coat. <laughs> There's a musical number in here somewhere, Luke. Start singing. <laughs> oh, you don't want that. <laughs> oh, Oklahoma. We're the... yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, so Wesley says, well, fine, then. I quit your little club. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> quit yep. your little club. <laughs> Here's your membership badge. Yeah. I'm going to go be awesome without you. Which, you know, looks like this whole grand defiant gesture, but no, he'd already decided he was going to do that anyway. Yeah, so smash cut to him and Crusher going, what the fuck, Wesley? No, 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 no. <clears throat> the scene doesn't end there. Wesley goes, fuck you, old man. I do whatever I want, and then walks out after I fucked up your negotiation, which you hated anyway. So <laughs> then he gets to call the, the, the Galt Evec or whatever wants to talk to him. So it's just like, this is a really bad day for Picard. <laughs> this is this is Picard's no good, terrible, shitty day episode. And we get the next chapter of Beverly doesn't know how to deal with her son, because the first thing she says is, I can't stop you from throwing your career away, but I will make you stand here and tell me why. Like, no, you're you're my you're my mom, not my boss. You, you really can't. I'm an adult, so he, he, he to learn how parenting works. Quick, go. He just quit the only thing that makes her his boss. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. You see, you see that shitty. You see this retarded vest I'm wearing. You can't tell me what to do anymore. You see any pips on my collar? No. Fuck off, I turned in my decoder ring. Well, those are freckles, but he can't help that. But, like, she has completely given up on even the premise of, okay, I can help him work through this and sort things out. No, she's just like, I can't do anything about what you're doing now, but you're at least going to make me understand it. Like, she's taking the complete wrong track with this. She is not being supportive. She's not trying to help him. And she is being confrontational and, like, making him stand there and explain himself when that's the last thing he needs to be forced to do. But he does a good job at it, I have to admit. He does a really fantastic job of, like, being being the mature one in this scene. That's true, but that's... That's not very hard, either. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she's a woman. She's hysterical. It's the only time he's been mature the entire episode, but okay. Right, right, yeah. yeah. Suddenly he decides to be this way, right. Yeah, but I mean, okay, none of that is to Beverly's credit. Like, from her perspective, he is still in exactly the same situation and condition he was, you know, two days ago when he got on the ship and was being a little shit. Yeah, but I love that he doesn't really bring it. It's like, but mom, I'm a magical space baby who can bend space time with his brain. I I saw dad because I did drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Intro quote. If I had, if I could put Luke in the intro functionally, I would. Uh, It is not possible with the resources I have. Mom, I'm the merriest of the Mary Sues. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, he's not Windblade. I don't know I'm backstamp on that, but I'm not going to let it go. I don't know what you're talking about. That's fine. I know what I'm talking about, and I'm the greatest. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You're the Mary Sue of your own life, so whatever. I mean, if you haven't let the podcast go after eight years, I I don't think you're going to let the Windblade thing go either, so. (laughs) 
Yeah. I, I put the Mary in Mary Sue. <clears throat> Wait, spell that? <laughs> oh, Wesley, you're special like Mozart. Fuck you, Mom. I'll tell they make a point to remind us of the Traveler. Uh, oh, now, yeah. has Wesley been time with his mind before this no, no. episode? Or... No, they kind of forgot about that. So there was an episode in season four, I want to say, um, where Beverly got trapped in a warp field experiment Wesley was running, and he kind of oh, did yeah. a he kind of did a semi traveler thing to help bring her back <clears throat> with the traveler's help. But nothing since that point. Since Will Wheaton left that. the show like five yeah. episodes later. Right, right. Now I want to mention that you know, <clears throat> even though Beverly is being sort of out of control here. She is being slightly more reasonable than you're going to do what I say. You're going to stay in Starfleet. You're going to behave, young man. She's at least accepting that he's doing this, but she wants to be brought up to the speed of what's going on. Which I think is fine. I mean, just tell me why you're doing it. I, I understand that. But the way she's doing it isn't really helping. Situationally appropriate. Right. But I can see that she's trying to be supportive, but she's just too... So here's here's how I'm taking here's how I'm taking this. For the last ten or twelve years, Wesley has basically been a child on autopilot that she has not had to have any parental interaction with in any meaningful capacity, which means she doesn't know how to be a parent to Wesley. And now when something's coming up where Wesley actually needs help and cannot just like sort out his own problems, she doesn't really have a clue what to do with him. And doesn't even know who to go to. Right. Well, also like their count, like their living counselor. <laughs> also, like okay, for the past seven years, you know, all Wesley has not shut up about is being in Starfleet. Yeah. Right. All of a sudden, like, he comes back from Starfleet Academy. He's about to achieve his <clears> dream. <throat> also, you don't want it. What the fuck? What? What? Why didn't you mention this before? You know, I never really realized that this is like an indirectly let's shit on Troy episode. <laughs> Like, oh, but it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I okay, I guess you could take it that way, but it's more <laughs> like Troy can't be involved because plot, but here's something else that she can go and kind of participate in in a way that's reasonable to what her job role is, which is helping the captain through negotiations and other, uh, you know, difficult matters like that. What I really want right now more than anything in the world. Every time that like Wesley is blowing up and yelling at his mom, or like yelling at the captain, there's like a quick smash cut to Troy just sitting in ten forward eating chocolate ice cream and orgasm. <laughs> then just back to the argument, and then back to Troy. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> they're psychic parasites. They get off of strong emotions, <laughs> like human suffering. No, I think the point is just that she's so absorbed in the chocolate that she's tuned out everything else, like her job. She's off being useless, eating chocolate. Yeah. <clears throat> that chocolate's not going to eat itself. First you have to swirl it around and savor every bite. I can't believe you well, had that yeah. memorized! <laughs> <laughs> Troy eating out her chocolate. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. I could go for a banana split. Just a big banana split. <laughs> With extra nuts. <laughs> you know what? 
and then I'm going to crash the ship into something. <laughs> Lay berries and cream. Oh my god. <laughs> so Worf is the voice of reason in this scene. So the listening to him. <laughs> Raise I... the shields. Like, you know, they got totally a right to be here. You should probably calm the fuck down. Fuck you, Turtlehead. Okay, yeah, so we're back on the planet now, and the engines <clears throat> have captured the Cardassians, because that won't escalate things. Of course not. And you're right, Worf is like, um, everyone be cool. <laughs> Let them go before they send more of them down. <laughs> yeah, they're like ants. <laughs> Let's not turn this into a bloodbath, right? Right? Huh? <laughs> Listen, I'm a Klingon, but for you, today is not a good day to die. Yeah, like how like, Picard kind of warns him, like, oh, you don't want war, do you? And he's like, you're talking to a Cardassian. Of course they want war. Well, like how Picard says, uh, you should beam your people up right fucking now. But mm-hmm. like, if I was the captain of the ship, I was like, hold the fuck up. You don't give me orders. <laughs> right. <laughs> doesn't matter if you're right, you don't say that to me. Well, Picard's had a bad day. <laughs> He's and done. Picard's right, of course, but... Well, yeah, yeah. It's, the, it's the quickest, easiest solution to stop the situation from escalating needlessly. At the same time, Golovec's, like, pretty much in the right also. These people took my people hostage. I'm not going to not respond to that. Yeah, you know we're Cardassians, right? <laughs> Have you seen our work on Bajor? I mean, yeah, I like, like to imagine that Picard hadn't said beam our people up right now. Goal of X responsibly beam them up and beam down security forces and murder everyone. Right, right. Send out an, an execution squad. A liberation protection squad. <laughs> yes, very <laughs> Yes, These are Kardashians <laughs> we're talking about. Send out a squad of harmless tailors. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Make sure their needles are extra small. <laughs> Coming down with like giant plasma cannon strapped to their back. Now I okay. kind of now I kind of want like an expanded Cardassian uh, backstory or whatever. Where yes, their spies are all referred to internally as tailors. Like that's that's just their their shorthand. Their you know their cover words. Yeah, could have been Tinker, I guess, but oh well. Well, no, we have to, like, you know, back-build this all around Garrick, so... Yeah, yeah. They're all tailors. Taylor, soldier, spy, the chef, and his wife, and her lover. Thank you. Thank you. Someone's culture around here. Luke, are you on mute again? Oh, no. Okay. Just checking. No, I think we're just overpowering him. I don't, no, no. I... <laughs> That's way he likes I it. I like where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> At first, for no wow. reason, for no reason, I'm suddenly jealous. <laughs> oh, come on, you're in, the, in on this too. Hop in. <laughs> All right, tag team in. <laughs> okay, uh, what's going on? Oh, yes. So, um, shit goes bad. Shots are fired. And, and then everything stops. Mr. presses a pause button on his belt buckle. And then so you're wondering what, how I ended up in this mess. <laughs> nice record track. <sighs> and apparently he's ascended and is going to be replaced uh, 
in the scripts by uh, some new guy next season. So John Larroquette transforms into <laughs> the Watcher, <laughs> a melted version of uh, Picard. Cross. I was gonna say. I was going to say yeah. Larry David, but whatever. Oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, so yeah. John Larroquette morphs into Larry David. A melted candle of Larry David. Yes. <laughs> so Larry David. Oh. <laughs> so, and I, I do have to say, I do, I, I kind of appreciate in retrospect that they pulled a sort of a sixth sense here. And, uh, you know, the traveler in his disguise there, well, or actually in general, just he never interacted with anybody but Wesley. Huh. You know, the th- the so problem like, is, though, I, I noticed that from the like the st- from step one. I noticed that. So I knew this guy was something weird about him. I thought he was like an I thought he was like a spy or something. I did not but notice that, actually. I totally noticed that he the Wesley and he only interacted. He never interacted with anybody else. I just didn't know he gave a shit what Wesley is doing. That's also true. Well, there's that, too. <laughs> tra- he's talking to creepy Pete. Just let him go. Again. Uh, look, he's not bitching out Jordy. Just leave him alone. Yeah. He's not going to make Jordy cry again. It's fine. But just, <laughs> Dr. Know. Crusher's like, oh, look, Wesley's making friends. <laughs> Indication one that there's a problem. Meanwhile, it looks like Wesley's talking to an empty chair. Yeah. (laughs) Right. He's literally making friends. Yeah, that's the great thing about being a roboticist. You get to make your own friends. (laughs) Or daughter, if you're data. Yep. Or fleshlight, however the positronic (laughs) matrix turns out. She was almost an Andorian, you know. Yeah, that would have been hot. She was almost the smallest Klingon. <laughs> this is like a kid's book. The smallest Klingon. <laughs> the littlest Klingon. The littlest Klingon. The littlest Klingon oh. had a pet Targ. This book sounds adorable. Now I, need I know. <laughs> it's cute until it like kips up on, uh, until it attacks a Salot cat and then tears it to pieces. I don't know. A Salot's pretty big. Yeah, it was like a pack of Targs. It's very bad. It was a good day to die. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the whole it's, the it's, whole point of the kids' book is to teach the lesson. It's a good day to die. <laughs> I was just, it's, it's a good. It's a good. It's a good day to nap. So, is the Klingon version of everybody poops, everybody dies? Yes. <laughs> everybody murders. <laughs> it's just a natural part of life. You murder things. Everybody has an honorable death. No, not everybody. <laughs> Green eggs and gah. <laughs> Goalie Vec is an idiot, by the way. And then there's my favorite of all, Gotard Go. Yeah, very good. Very good. I'm sorry, back to the episode. <laughs> oh, the Empire Jewel okay, so Conquer. Basically shows up, um, looking a little fatter for the time past, and says... Wesley, you're amazing. Let's go have magical adventures through time and space. And maybe some butt stuff. So Wesley chubs up a bit and says, okay. <laughs> he does what? He chubs up a bit. He chubs up a bit. I mean, his uh, sweatpants don't leave a lot to the imagination. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's Wesley Bowles as he walks away. I'm telling you. Uh, fine. Okay, so we went from... He's special like Mozart to he can stop space time. 
No, no, no. They were very clear on this. He didn't stop space time. He removed himself from space time. Just like just Mozart. like Mozart. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say that's what everyone think... around Wesley wanted him to do since day one. So maybe this is the wish of everybody else coming true. <laughs> I, I just think that's a really big jump they made there. They could have gone with something a little less extreme. Is <clears throat> eh. Brahms or something? Dude, it gets rid of Wesley out of Star Trek. It's fine. Until Nemesis. <laughs> yeah, well. It got Wesley out of Star Trek in the last season of the show he was in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like to pretend that was actually Wesley in Nemesis, that he was actually a part of the holodeck. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that Crusher felt bad because Wesley was gone forever, so she created like a hollow Wesley. She had Jordy <laughs> help him. I was no, okay that, with no, that is just that last part. <laughs> no, that no, that is just Jordy's sycophant Wesley that we were talking about earlier. <laughs> You're the happy Wesley that loved. Wesley for Troy's wedding. <laughs> and then there's like a baby Wesley that she can like hold. <laughs> oh come on, she never bothered with that. No, I think for the first, like, six or seven years of Wesley's life, he was probably almost literally smothered. <laughs> especially, especially with those sweater puppies. Like he put a pillow over his face every night. Like barely stopped herself. <laughs> She's a doctor. She knows how long is safe. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's the choking game, but for your children. <laughs> it makes them go to sleep faster. So, okay, so how do we know that this whole, like, Wesley can stop time thing, or remove himself from time, excuse me, is not him still in the sweat lodge tripping balls? <laughs> we don't, and that's the beauty of this episode. Perhaps all, all sub- perhaps all subsequent Star Trek is Wesley in the thing tripping balls. <laughs> headcanon. Headcanon! <laughs> well, by this theory, it's all Wesley's headcanon. Mm-hmm. That will explain Nemesis, actually. <laughs> yeah. Where the fuck are we? Uh, Gull- it, Gull- it would explain Picard's the one part of, ins- the one part of Insurrection too, where it's just like Wesley thinking, you know, I liked Riker better when he didn't have the beard. <laughs> that was the saddest part. It wasn't as itchy back then. All right, so Picard is basically berating Gullivec, and the Gullivec caves in like a fucking pussy and says, okay, I'll do what you want. Okay, well, wait a minute here. I want to point out that Gullivec is standing on the bridge of the Enterprise. If he orders an attack or does something, they kind of have him. I mean, they don't. no one mentions the leverage they have, the fact they have the enemy captain on their bridge, like, as a prisoner. I mean, right this Yeah, second. what is this dude doing on the bridge? He's in a crisis situation. He should be on his bridge. Right, and he's, like, on the bridge of... The fucking Enterprise. What the hell? Well, he was in the conference room. You know, it's just a short walk. Well, well, conference room, I understand. But, like, why would you let, like, an enemy person, like, on your bridge? How else is he going to get to the conference room? Actually, there's a back hallway. There there is. Leads to a turbo lift. Yep, it's true. Actually, the the Admiral entered into the back hallway earlier in the episode. If you know what I mean. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe you ha- you didn't know what you were saying. Maybe anyway. I did, but maybe I'm just letting you have it. 
Oh, thank you for letting me I have it. let your mom have it. Yeah. In the back hallway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, right, like you have any room to talk about people drinking. Yeah, but I'm quiet about it. I'm a this, is, this is a copper cup. Shut up. Oh, wait a second. Ken, put up the torque rinds. What is that? Oh, <laughs> shit. I forgot Wesley just, like, walks off. He's like, oh, sure, let, let's let all these fuckers die. <laughs> yeah, he just walks away like it's an explosion in an action he's movie. Like, he's like, what about the rest of them? Traveler's like, yeah, they'll be fine. He's like, okay. Yeah, they'll figure it out. Don't worry. And life goes on, such as it is. It's just phaser beams, you know. <laughs> Harmless. So, off screen, we figure all this shit out here. Uh, the engines are going to become Cardassian citizens, and everybody's happy. Yeah. For six weeks until the Cardassians take it to the planet and come and murder everyone. Exactly! Uh-huh. <laughs> but it's I, cool because Picard has moved on. I, I had that same thought. I'm like, uh, given, yeah, like, like, I'm sure that this ending worked for them in this episode, but from everything we learn afterward, it's like, yeah, these people are fucking dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're yeah, they're mincemeat. There's nothing left of these people. But the important thing is Picard's white guilt is swept clean. Yes, he paid his debt, I guess. It could something. even be that the massacre of these Indians, uh, you know, in two or three weeks is what triggered the Maquis to form. Let's hope. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, what, this, the, the, the resolution of this episode took way too short amount of time. Well, it's because they wasted a whole bunch of time on Wesley being a little shit. <laughs> oh, my so, God. <clears throat> I think it's interesting we, we go from the Traveler and Wesley walking off into the sunset together to go explore space and time. And now he's back on the he's Enterprise. And like, now he's in the transporter room? Yeah. What? You get transported to where? But, but look <laughs> the at that. Where did go? Like, but look but look at that relaxed smile he has on his face. You know that he has just had an amazing so, prostate orgasm. I was going to say, you can tell that he finally got that shit out of him. <laughs> Those cork shits where it's like a big hard thing you got to push out, and it's like, oh, the water falls out afterwards. <laughs> sounds like a so, plug. So since, nobody, since nobody's interacted with the Traveler in this episode aside from Wesley... Like, how do they know he's not just shining them on? Oh, no, it's cool. It's cool, Mom. I'm going off with the Traveler. Yep, yep. He yep, probably yep. stopped time, uh, walked over to the other end of the room, and started it again. <laughs> now he uses it to, like, speed up his burrito in the microwave. Yeah, sorry you couldn't see the Traveler. He lives in Canada. You probably wouldn't know him. Right, yeah. <laughs> he, lives in, he lives in a different field of subspace. Yeah. It's okay. He's... Traveler's way too obscure for you to have heard. <laughs> The Traveler lives in the peyote down in the sweat lodge. But yeah, apparently Wesley's first uh, first task is to go and live with the Indians for a while and learn from them. And he dies six weeks later. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the Wesley hologram to help her cope with her of, of smallpox. <laughs> irony! So much irony. Yes, it, it turns out in the 24th century they don't vaccinate anymore. <laughs> At least not these these idiots on this backwards planet. <laughs> no, I meant the Federation people don't get vaccinated anymore. Uh, no, 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 no. They're Cardassian people now. Yeah, no, I think Federation probably, people like were, the Crushers. 
Well, you know that the Cardassians being reptilian probably get like salmonella to people by touching them. No, what? that's from eating cookie dough, Scott. No, no, you get a no, or you get that from... chicken. <laughs> hey, what I do in the weekend? Or from not washing your hands after cleaning the cat litter box. No, that's toxoplasmosis. Yes, that's oh gone right. Back. Yeah. How do you confuse salmonella and toxoplasmosis? They're, They're both long of... words. They both have letters in them. Lots yeah. About consonants arranged in an order. It's practically the same word. They're both things you don't want to get. No, but it's funny when somebody else does. No, you know what's funny when someone else gets? E. coli. Mm. You ate poop. You ate poop, didn't you? <laughs> See, it's That's funny. A sh- it's a shitty disease to get. Or you went to Chipotle. <laughs> and yeah, you well, ate shit. <laughs> I think my rapper name is going to be C. Diff. Because <laughs> I'll shit on the mic. So, conveniently, Ew. the only guy that Wesley has not been an ass to for the past few days is the one he's going to go off with at the end of the you know episode here. And Riker, because he never saw him. That's yeah. true. Oh my and god. Are they the same person? <laughs> Wesley wishes. <laughs> that explains the beard Wesley grew. Yep. I don't like how Picard puts his hand on, Wesley, on, a, on a Crusher's back as they're walking around like, oh, don't worry, I'll comfort you. I like to mention, like, as soon as he like walked from the corner, he like snapped her bra. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is a fun thing to do. Space bras. Yeah. They choke you. Um. What? <laughs> this is where uh, Dr. Kirscher really wishes uh, that she hadn't uh, killed her grandma's boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I could go for some relief right now. All right. Well, that was fun. Glad I got to miss all the boring parts. Oh, you missed like, some good parts. Nah. Like Wesley being a dick. Yeah. But see, now I have a reason to actually listen to the podcast when it gets published. Okay, this one's not going to get posted oh. then. You don't listen to them afterwards? So so you miss all the things that Chris does to your voice there? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about! <laughs> He's going to pitch that down so you can't tell. Well, could he possibly do to my voice? Oh, you think that's going to stop me? (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you about how many hours he's been on color correction today. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I've seen You're you're forgetting. XV doesn't like putting effort unless he can spite someone with it. Yeah. (laughs) Being a dick is its own reward. Just ask Wesley. He got to sp- stop time. Taking a dick is its own reward. I'll I'll take your word for it. <laughs> but see, you can follow that intro quote up with my intro quote. Getting rid of a dick is its own reward. Or <laughs> <laughs> Max wins. Yeah, yeah. There is no nothing can beat that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but Scott, I need you to say something about a dick so I can have a whole like theme. You know, intro. We need to have a line of dicks here. <laughs> no, not you, Mickey. I've already got a dick from you. 
I, 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 I'm. I got vodka dick right now. I can't think of dicks at the moment. I'll take it. I, well, look, it's not yeah, good, you, so it's you, not you will perform. You will take the dick. That's for sure. You will take this dick specifically. It's forced, but workable. Oh no, he said it. Just like a dick. Yeah. <laughs> Turgid and hard and. Okay, no, now you're just forcing it. That's what she said. We, we made that joke already. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, now it's just like you're putting the uh, the clear plastic cylinder over it and pumping all the air out. <laughs> oh, you like an airlock? <laughs> yeah, is that like a docking procedure? <laughs> no, docking procedures are entirely different. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> My rigid grill uh, structure. First, you need to find someone who's not Jewish. Right. Uh, so, you guys watch Discovery? Did you guys talk about that yet? We didn't, but it's already getting past Fort Max's bedtime, so I think we'll have to leave that unsaid. Okay, that's fine. Okay, bye. I'll say how much I love pizza cutters. Pizza cutters? You know, flat metal things that spin. Uh, yeah. Oh, like tra- transmittal tarantulas' weapon. Yes, those are great. I love them. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll talk about Discovery later then. Well, Luke, thank you for joining us again, and thank you for not muting yourself this time. That we know Uh, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm going to have to figure out what the hell's going on with my headset. (laughs) It sucks. Yeah, it doesn't work. I know. So, uh, what should we do for next week? Oh, shit, we gotta fly that too. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not picking. Good. Good. Let's do Darmok and tell Dawn. No. Let's let's just tell Dawn we're doing Darmok and then not do it. (laughs) (laughs) So, we're gonna do Darmok, and then, you know, I'll (laughs) say, like, two days later to Dawn, well, you know, I watch it again, I just think it's too boring to podcast about. I'll tell him that in RFC pre-show, because then we'll get the reaction from him on the YouTube video. But then we'll say we're going to do it anyway, and then when it comes time to podcast, we never invite him to the call. (laughs) Oh, that's just too mean. Well, he did get Headmaster RC. Well, no, he um, he got a blur colored as RC. Yeah, that's a monkey's paw scenario if I've ever seen one. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that's no RC of mine. Literally, because I'm not buying one. Okay, so, episodes. Uh, not Next Gen, clearly. Not original series, because we just did that as well. Okay, then we're doing PTDS9. PTSDS9, yeah. <laughs> PTSDS9. <laughs> Yeah, that's um. It's only a paper moon. The episode after Nog gets his leg blown off. Woohoo! I've never blown somebody's leg off. Cause that that one's been on the books for a while. <laughs> so we should probably finally get Have around to it. Have we done the it. episode where it gets his leg blown off? No, but it that one's not, off screen. That one's not as important. Oh. So uh, what's the uh, season episode number? Et cetera, et cetera? Season seven. Seven. Okay. Season seven. Season seven. Okay. It's season it's, seven. It's season okay. seven. 
Jackpot. <laughs> um, ten. You're so sound like you're making that up. <laughs> and it's what paper what? It's only a paper moon. Okay. This is the episode where Nog deals with his uh, post-traumatic stress disorder by moving in with Vic Fontaine. In the paper moonlight. <laughs> okay, documents updated. You're welcome, everybody. Yes, for all of the you and sometimes me that actually uses that. <laughs> right. Now, this is something that we uh, actually put on the list as a undefined future episode, so yep. might as well finally get around to it. Yeah, I agree. And I believe this was originally Hey Mickey's idea, so if this sucks, you blame him, not me. Do I oh, ever I... pick bad episodes? What? <laughs> I said, do I ever pick bad episodes? Um, yes. yes, but I can't think of an example right now, but take my word for it, it happens. I choose not to believe you. I kind of figured. I'm just busy listening to how great I am. <laughs> I don't hear how anything. How is. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't hear you over the sound of how awesome I am. <laughs> I, I liked your tweet before it gets shit-faced. Yeah. Why would I have thought of that before? I don't know. Well, it's the same reason like you never came up with shit in your kitchen before. <laughs> so good. Oh, my kitchen. God. <laughs> we we have to do something with that. Yeah. I'm bringing my camera back next time I come visit and we're going to cook something. It needs to be a video podcast, I think. Well, that's why I'm bringing a camera. Because why, why would I bring a camera for an audio podcast? I don't know. Maybe you should stick a Fort Max while we do it, too. What? Silence. <laughs> Good night. It's the silence no, of confusion. Oh, poor Fort Max. <laughs> Good night, so Fort Max. Good night. Good night, Fort Max. Okay, now that that bitch is gone, now we have some fun. <laughs> Yeah, but no, I mean, we should totally do, like, a cooking thing and call it shit in your kitchen. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Bok Cobb's Takoyaki. <laughs> your, uh, what was your, what was your fried chicken thing? You were oh, going... sweet chicken. Yeah, but, I mean, what was it exactly? I I remember it was some kind of, arc, oh. you know. Well, one's, like, imagine, like, cinnamon roll glaze, like, over, like, chicken strips. Okay. Oh. And the other version is uh, cocoa powder and, like, powdered sugar, like, on, like, fried chicken. Okay. Ugh. I, I Look, think Scott, be, you I, live in California. This shit is pretty tame by your standards. I think there might be some merit to this, honestly, which I remember saying to you when we were talking about this in your car. That doesn't exist anymore. Oh. Sad trombone. Oh. Wow. Wow. Too soon. Yeah. Makes me sad, too. I liked his car. Yeah, it's It was cool. square. Yep. Well, I've got a new one picked out, so... If, as long as the insurance check arrives before someone else buys it from underneath me, then... I'm good. Well, yeah, as long as uh, as long as it sits there for <clears throat> six to eight more weeks. So is it a Camaro or what is it? What, what, what are we talking? It's a Corolla. Ah, Corolla. A car roller. <laughs> and it's also green. So that's nice. Is a it? green Corolla. Mm-hmm. It's a better shade of green than my last car, though. That was green. Yes, it was, it was called uh, Camo Green. I thought it was gray. Yeah, I thought it was gray, too. Like dark gray. Like, no, yeah, that's like just graphite. <laughs> it's just a graphite on it. 
It's a protective layer of dirt protecting it. <laughs> See, if I didn't have turn. a layer of dirt, I would have died in that accident. <laughs> it did absorb most of the impact. Your mom's butt absorbs most of my impact. Oh, God. <laughs> <sighs> now, I'm actually, I'm actually legitimately kind of interested in trying the takoyaki thing. I don't know exactly how, but, like, it sounds like a good idea. It so sounds the... like you just crumple the taco and cram it into a ball and fry it. So, takoyaki, well... is that tweeting and communicating online, yaki? <laughs> Lord Takoyaki. <laughs> I have not been able to get that out of my fucking head for a, over a week now. I, I know. Me, me either. God damn it. I hate him so much. <laughs> I know. I cannot get that out of my head now. <laughs> uh, the same with, oh, uh, that's Lord Taco at Lord Taco on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> that motherfucker. I know. <laughs> Fucking putting those, injecting those memes in our heads we can't get out. No, so I think if we take, like, cornmeal, uh, like, basically make takoyaki, but put taco meat inside a cornmeal, like, cornbread ball, and then cover it with taco sauce and maybe shredded lettuce, I, I think that would be the takoyaki. We do, like, a sour cream dipping sauce. You have to put some cheese on top of it, too, I think. I think we really need to get more Japanese in it, and we need to have some soy sauce incorporated somehow. Maybe, yeah. I mean, we need to make it gross. You know what we need to do? We need to get some wasabi and mix that into the meat. Oh, yes. Wasabi makes everything better. Wasabi makes Doritos better, apparently. Apparently? Well, there's I... wasabi-flavored Doritos out now, and they're pretty fucking good. I think hmm, okay. I had those. Um, and I They're needed... not strong, but they are. the flavor is good. Yeah, I, I I think I had a small bag of those, and it just kind of like, well, there's hotness here, but not really wasabi hotness. It's just like generic hotness. No, it's it's faggoty weak wasabi, but. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> well, he can say it that. Is. Wasabi. The best wasabi is the stuff that makes your eyes hurt. Yeah, that they, they crawls right into your brain case from your this, nose. This stuff yeah. is not even like sriracha hot, oh, but geez. the flavor is the it's got the flavor of wasabi in it, and that works with the Dorito. And, and then see, I'm satisfied with. And see, I did not get wasabi flavor out of it. I just got hot. There wasn't like character to the hot. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Maybe it's because he had a small bag. I kind of went through like an entire bag. Yeah, I mean, don't that, be talking about the size of his bag. Very possible. Um, I, I suspect. See, my experience with eating actual wasabi, <laughs> like on sushi, is that the more I eat, the more intense the reaction I get out of it. Mm -hmm. So I, I would assume eating a bag of wasabi flavored chips would be basically the same thing. If I went through a whole full size bag, I would probably be dying at the end. Also, the more intense the reaction I get, the more Ben gets angry at me for having that reaction. <laughs> He doesn't really understand that you're trying to have that reaction, does he? No, no, no. How many times do I explain to him how wasabi works? <laughs> how uh, the pain is intentional? You want that? Yeah, that's how the endorphins like, get going. Like eating he any hot food. You're like, are you fucking stupid? Why do you do that? It hurts. <laughs> I mean, okay, so like, I don't yeah, necessarily but, agree but with the eating guy peanut butter and butter sandwiches. Yes, I know, right? <laughs> Weird. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yes, uh, so. 
David caught Ben making peanut butter and butter sandwiches. <laughs> and so naturally we confront him with this. Confront him? Because this isn't okay. Well, not if you want to live with him for the, you know, actually him be alive in the next 20 years. No, it's not. This, you know, it's clearly it's not illegal, but, you know, it should be. <laughs> and so... Ben claims this is fine and normal. Lots of people do this. I say, fuck no. I'm not I'm not dealing with this. So naturally I go and I tell his mom on him. And how did she take it? Is she like, that's my boy? She said it's normal. No, of course she would. Okay, so I have some I have some questions. Um what is the actual like structural composition of a peanut butter and butter sandwich? Is the butter melted or it's well, I don't know. Um, does does he just like cut David, squares off a stick of butter and line? How was the peanut butter and butter sandwich actually made? <laughs> I like to think that was that the butter like spread a... on the bread, or is it just like melted, or is it no? Like it's chunks? a stick. You take okay. a you take a slice, you coat it in peanut butter, then you put a stick of butter in the middle, and you roll it up so it's like a little bread taco. Peanut butter and butter burrito. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. But this the, is way worse. The, the better was spread on the bread, apparently. Uh huh. So it was margarine, not even butter. Well, no. If you soften the butter a little bit, you can spread it. Well, yeah. I was only if. So. Luke, you have the noisiest keyboard. Yeah, you're banging on that desk, man. Well, so it, it's you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It was my mom over there? What the hell? <laughs> Wait, is that the Peter Patter of Little Feet? <laughs> no, probably not. Peanut butter and butter sandwich? No, what I was going to say before that that horror was presented to me was that, like, I'm not really wait, into... Wait, wait, did you say horror or whore? Well, that's the beauty of the word. It sounds <laughs> so close. not close. <laughs> Uh, would you prefer I use the word atrocity? <laughs> Before that atrocity was made known to me. Uh, no, I don't... The Eating the hot stuff for just, like, the purpose of eating hot stuff to feel pain, I'm not really into. But, like, I understand the concept, unlike Ben, apparently. Yes. Well, it's not just about the pain, it's about the flavor, too. It's a, it's a blend of both. Well, yeah, that's why I say that those Doritos I had, they didn't seem like wasabi hot. They just seemed generically hot. Basically, wasabi is like a Hellraiser food. You know, it's pleasure and pain mixed together. <laughs> well, I'm, yeah, I mean, if Such I... sights to show you. Yeah, if I didn't... <laughs> sights to show you. If I didn't get... Condiment wept. <laughs> if I... <laughs> if I didn't I, get... There's no coming back from that one. That's... If I didn't get some, like, meaningful benefit out of putting wasabi on sushi or whatever, I wouldn't. If, like, if it was just hot, I wouldn't. It, yeah, it has a flavor. It has a characteristic to it. That's the whole point. Like, been off with pork rinds, so, you know. Him and Ken, man. I know. Um, it's the same way I put, like, a tablespoon of white pepper in the salsa when I make it. That's madness. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Well, would you prefer to put black pepper in the salsa? That would just look gross. No, the only peppers that go in salsa are green. I don't have any of those. Well, no, I have literal green bell peppers, but those don't really, you know, spicy it. 
and I'm out of jarred jalapeno peppers. What about some of your guacamole? <laughs> I troll Scott, honestly. <laughs> I'm just I'm sitting here politely. That's what I'm doing. I'm listening politely. Yeah, I don't really add any spice to the guacamole besides what's in the uh, seasoning packet. Oh my god, you're a monster. <laughs> I just <laughs> open the can and pour out the guacamole. <laughs> my god. Yeah, the can of crushed avocados. <laughs> All right, I got to call the Border Patrol. You got you are not coming to California. They're not going to let you in this state. Hey, Scott, attitude, I got good Mr. news for you. I'm not coming to California. I have no intention of ever coming to California. <laughs> I hear there's a bunch of goddamn liberals out here. Although I said the same thing about Michigan once, and then, you know, Paramount paid for me to go there. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, uh, the Transformers movies made you go to Michigan. Let that rest on your soul. <laughs> yeah, although it makes a much better story when you tell it in that way. I swore I'd never go to Michigan, but then the Transformers movie made me. Michael Bay took you to Michigan against your will. Yeah, just like you take me to Georgia against my will. <laughs> it's just like it does with his female leads. Oh, oh. he's not because he rapes them. Ha, topical. <laughs> oh man, uh, we're on top of Kurtovitz here on shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Should we just rebrand the whole podcast and just call it shit? I think I think our I, I know just our audience add the does. eye into it. See what Kilby does. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the eye would need to represent something. It represents me. 